Hello, everybody. Sit down, settle in for another episode of Little Rock Games Game of the Month Club. I'm your host for this episode, Robbie Hunt. And this month we played Near Automata. Um, you might pronounce it Near Automata. Depending on how jokey you're feeling, you might pronounce it Near Automatopia. It was developed by Platinum Games and published by Square Enix. Uh, this game's a lot more story heavy than previous games we've played. It's, um, but it uses narrative and game mechanics together in a way that's more maybe than you'd expect from a tri- typical AAA game. But, so this episode, just like all of our other episodes, is massively spoiler heavy, pretty much from the beginning. So pause, go play the game for 80 hours and, and come back, or just deal with the spoilers. Um, so I'll give you a brief overview of the story and the mechanics, and then we'll be off to the races. So Near Automata takes place on a fictional version of Earth in the far future, where humanity is mostly wiped out, but they've left an army of androids, which are human-like robots, uh, to fight an invading force of uh, machines, which are sort of more traditional, industrial, steampunky kind of robots. And ostensibly, the goal is to wipe out all the machines so that humans can once again live on Earth. You play as one of these androids fighting for the glory of mankind. Um, The game itself is sort of an action game. There's weapons, there's combos. It doesn't reward button mashing at all, but it does reward taking the time to learn what the moves do. So it's very similar to Bayonetta, which is another uh, game put out by uh, Platinum Games. And so I am joined by the rest of Little Rock Games, Olivia Dunlap. Yes, that's me. Tanner Marshall. Hello. Brad Sims. Hi there. And Joe Williams. Hey, everybody. So uh, the game's also super, super long, and I bet that none of us finished it. Oh, no way. Not even. There's this... If you read about it online, you're going to hear that there's multiple endings, and I think that that is technically true, but I think, truthfully, there's really only two endings, and then there's acts, and I I bet most of us probably, in our playthrough, probably just got to the end of like the first act. Not even. Okay, so first of yeah, all, there are at least five different like real real endings because the game you play through it five times right but i consider i don't consider those to be endings that's just that's like that's like uh, well some of them do diverge though but there's there's only one point where the credits actually roll and the game says okay we finished like it uh, to me it's like at the end of each playthrough in 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 everything that i know about the game and kind of how I feel about the way the story goes, it feels more like, to say that the game has five endings is like saying uh, the the War of the Ring trilogy has three endings. Like, it doesn't. It ends at the end of Return of the King. There's just, there's three books in it. Yeah, that's that totally makes sense. Yeah. The reason why I would argue for it being different endings is because you're playing through the same content, right? And then you're seeing, like, a different result, right? Slightly different. But, okay, so so we'll, let's, just, let's just spoil that whole thing. Okay. So yeah. the, first, the first two endings, which online are referred to ending A and B. And honestly, I, I've only actually played to see right. the first true ending, and I haven't read much about the others other than I know that they exist. So, so what will happen is, wrong. well, and in a second we'll talk about the characters and stuff, but, <laughs> but here's, here's, here's the map of the various endings. So there's, there's ending A and B, 
ending A will be essentially the first ending that you get through. Then you, if you play through the game again, you'll play as the secondary character. So the first character you play as is 2B. Um, that's her designation as, a, as an android. And then she has sort of a, a partner, a plucky sidekick, 9S. Ending B uh, is when you play through the game as 9S. Uh, and then you, then there's sort of more story after that and the ending to that next part after the end of those two concurrent stories is the ending C, which then leads you to two possible endings um, if you play, once you play through that whole section again, uh, based on the choice at the very end, you get endings D or E. So it's, it's sort of like a progression, like when you, when you beat A and B, that's really just the first part of okay, the story. Okay, see, I, I thought that they were actually all just like retellings of the same, so. Yeah, we'll probably get into it as we talk mm -hmm. a little bit more about the narrative, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe we probably shouldn't have started there. <laughs> no, that's, I think that's <laughs> but a that's place definitely to start. what was on my is. mind most recently. It is, because it's a confusing part when you read about it online. Right. Well, and, and one thing that, that we, Tanner and I sort of talked about a little bit, is that I when I first played the game, I didn't know, like, anything about it. I knew what it looked like. I didn't even know, like, what type of game it was. I was like, is it a bullet hell game? Mm -hmm. Is it an ARPG? And it's actually a little bit of both, which is really cool. Um... But I, uh, and I knew it was really long, but I did not know that there was like 10 hours in, you get to like the first ending and it starts over. Like I didn't know there was sort of this recursiveness and it built upon itself this slowly, like this sort of slow burn of the story. And halfway through, I was just like, I do not, um, I don't get it. I just, I do not know what's happening. But, um, but I feel like knowing that, going into it, knowing that it like builds upon itself like that is actually really helpful towards figuring out what's going on. So, so sort of starting off talking about that, I feel like might be, yeah, a good thing. So I can jump us back just a little bit and talk, let's maybe talk about um, sort of the outer perspective of the game. This is a big, big, big game. So far we've played um, probably the biggest game we played is everything, simply because it just had so much. Yeah, it had everything. <laughs> but if you think about it, it was really only kind of a one-trick pony in a way with with extra content. This game does so many things, and not only is it a game that lasts what eighty hours if mm -hmm. you play it all the way through, but it's a it, it's an adventure RPG. It's a uh, it's got elements of an arcade shooter. It's got elements of a uh, platformer. It switches perspective between these back and forth. Then it's got what you kind of hinted at earlier, Robbie, about uh, maximizing all of the different possibilities of your weapon uses and the, the, the pod uses yeah. and, and all of the chips that you put into them, which we can talk about more. Um, just the depth and breadth of this game is mind-boggling uh i i i don't think that i've ever played a game with this many uh big and small elements in so many different directions uh, I'm, I'm thinking of some of the biggest games that i've ever played and uh which maybe aren't that big uh, skyrim and some of these others and they just don't even come close to the kind of to all the elements that a game like that, that near automata has yeah i think yeah it, in i see what you're saying like it's not necessarily like big in the sense that there's a giant huge open world yeah, the world isn't explore. that big relative mm -hmm. to a lot of those <clears throat> but the but because so much of what you do i don't know like the 
in, in a lot of open world games, when you're going out into the world, there's there's some of it that just sort of feels, it feels empty or it feels like it's very mm-hmm. transparent that, oh, they're world building. I see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But there's something about uh, Nier Automata that just, it, like, uh, you really feel something going through the world. Um, so the so you play as this android and you're going through, um, there's the first part of the game where you're fighting machines and they're very clearly hostile towards you. Um, and that actually takes a long time to get through, and we'll probably talk about that. Um, but then, then once it sort of opens up, and you encounter these machines that are not automatically hostile towards you, um, and they don't necessarily behave any differently than the other machines, they're just not trying to attack you. And I was shocked how immediately I was like, I don't want to kill these things. Mm-hmm. I, I very quickly got to the point where like I don't want to fight these things. Like yeah. I was immediately finding ways to avoid. Except that you get gold for them. That's true. Or whatever that's worth. I mean, it was one of those things where if they attacked me or if you know they turned aggressive, I would you know right. squish them. That's <laughs> not true at all. That is not true at all. You made like you gave me such a hard time because some okay, random here called you out. Yeah. Yeah. There's one side. No, quest. multiple times. Multiple times they come running out there. They're driving yeah. a tank, and the characters are telling you like, "Oh my god, we can't let them get away with this thing. They're going to cause so much havoc. You have to take them out." She gives me so much crap about killing them because well, the tank shoots confetti until it starts shooting and missiles. They, but they don't attack you. Never, yeah. If you never attack them, they will not aggress. And I totally get that. But the character is actively me. telling you that, like, you know, your companion guy who's guiding you with everything. He's sort of... just following orders, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but later, a character, you know, sort of runs up and actively attacks you. And you're like, how are you attacking him, mm-hmm. you know, in this situation? And I'm like, he attacked me first. Man. And well, see, it's still resolved. It makes it hard. Though. Like... But yeah. Yeah. All I know is when we go back through history to pinpoint the moment when Tanner and Olivia's relationship failed. <laughs> it's, yes. it's, it's right here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, he, he killed those poor, poor, innocent there, circus. I mean, there are so many things to talk about, right? So It's very hard to the, like start somewhere with yeah. this game. Um, I, I want to talk about how it took me three tries to get to the through the prologue. Yeah. And finally, I had to switch to easy mode yeah. to get through it. Yeah. Um, which, on one level, I recognize as part of the adventure. But on another level, I found pretty frustrating because it took me this. The first try, I didn't even get to the end of the prologue where I was killed. The second try, I got to the end of the prologue, and I'm like, oh, there's just one more fight, which was horrible. Yeah. And then the third try, I'm like, you know what? I just want to get to the next part of the game. And so I may, I turn on easy, which basically means I can just run, and it shoots and kills everything in front of me. So that also felt kind of unsatisfying. Um, so can we talk a little bit about what level of... Like, who who's the audience for a game that has that difficulty level at the beginning? So, so I'm, I'm curious about what I'm you guys think be, about that. Yeah, so truthfully... Um, well, I, I think talking about audience, I guess, is, is maybe less interesting okay. to me. Then, but because I think they, they kind of made the game that they wanted to make. Mm-hmm. And the game has a lot to say about uh, humanity in general and struggle. And that's part of why I think they added that part in there. Mm. True, having played through Bayonetta, I feel like this game is not as hard as Bayonetta. Uh. I hadn't played Bayonetta in maybe a year and a half. It throws you into the deep end. Though. It does. Yeah, it it plays like maybe the almost the mid game of Bayonetta, 
where in terms of difficulty. And so, but it's not as punishing, I feel like, as that game is. The only thing that's punishing about that first part is that you can't save. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, if you could save, you would you would get you would get good. Mm-hmm. But um, the by doing that, it sort of ensures that you you get those skills if you want to continue. And I don't feel like the game gets too much more difficult than that as you go. I feel like the difficulty was pretty flatlined over the whole Mm -hmm. game. Like, it never felt like, even in most of the other bosses and stuff, like, I felt like they were just as difficult as the first I mean, I turned, as soon as I got through the prologue, um, I turned it back to normal. Mm -hmm. And after that, I didn't have any, even with the boss fighting, I didn't have any issues. I didn't turn it to easy until I got to the, the, uh, Resistance camp, the first resistance camp that you come to, where so you, anemone you is. beat the double like yeah. shredder monster thing at the end. I don't know with how. Goliath. I don't know how, but I did. Yeah, on normal. Um, on normal. Um, I assume all of you did yeah. as well. Yeah. But, okay. But I mean, oh, I'm just old and pathetic. I guess. I, I, think I, I felt actually, that way a lot in this game, man. So don't feel bad. Um, it's interesting though that it it what other game does that? What other game throws you into it at that level without a a build up. It did give you a build up, like you're playing through the tutorial basically. So it's adding more things to it as you go, like, oh, now you can use your dodge. Now you can use this weapon as this thing. Oh, and you also have these and you can change it here. So it built on all of those. But it really didn't ramp anything up. I mean, you think about just about every single other game that you play, it's like you're starting out with just this thing and that's all you can do. And you're going to do that for a long time until you get to this next plateau. Um, this game, like you said, Olivia, it, it threw you right into it and it kept you at that level throughout, the, uh, presumably through the whole thing. Uh, that's that's really unconventional. Yeah. I should say that part of my um, anger, and this is probably, again, nothing that you guys experienced, but so I had a UI issue at the mm-hmm. very beginning, which is that the moment when they say, you get to the point where it says press any button, and I was using I was on PC with a controller. You have to set it up with a Steam like link. Yeah, so I had I was on a PC picture. with a controller, and I pressed the button, and it said, "Okay, here's your list of options," and I changed some settings, and then I went to the thing that says "New Game," and I pressed the button. When I pressed that button, the way that the screen appeared made me think it was trying to load something. So essentially, it mm-hmm. said, "You cannot save in this game. Play through the game to figure out how to save." And the little thing on the right was bouncing like this. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was loading. So I waited three or four <laughs> oh, minutes. Okay. It was a prompt. It was a prompt. Yeah. But oh, as a yes. UI element, uh, it looked like a loading yeah. menu. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh, okay. Yep. So I'll just wait. So then I so I waited a few minutes. Then I restarted Steam and restarted the game. Waited a few more minutes. Then I went back and put all the settings to default, thinking that maybe I'd changed something that the graphics card couldn't handle. So I probably spent a half an hour before I was like, oh, you just have to press the button again. Yeah. Um, and so I, that's how I came into the first sequence. Got it. And then I was like, oh, my God. Okay. And then I died a bunch of times. Yeah. So, so just to, instead of dancing around it, so when you, when you start the game, like Brad said, you have the, um, the little tutorial section, and then you are almost, uh, actually, then you fight like a, a few small little groups of enemies, and then you're fighting a boss. A big boss. A big boss. Then you're fighting some some other enemies, um, you know, some groups of enemies, and then you fight the no. boss twice, <laughs> and like at the same time, and and then you fight a much bigger version, and then you can save. 
So <laughs> it, it sort of yeah, it throws a whole lot at you, and it's maybe um, maybe an hour if you if you somehow are just a savant at the game. It would it would be an hour from when you start the game until you can save. But more than likely, you're going to die two or three times, and then you'll be able to save. So it is definitely frustrating. I'll say I'm, that you had brought it up in advance, so I was like, I did not die the first time. I didn't, I didn't, die, yeah, I didn't no. die the first time. In fact, I've, I've never died. And there's actually an ending that you get if you die mm-hmm. the first time. <laughs> I, I love their I died like, a lot. little side yeah. endings. I will also tell you, so this is my only other UI complaint. I, I should say Overview, I, it's a, both a beautiful and a fascinating game, uh-huh. and I will continue to play it after this podcast is over. So, <laughs> so I've enjoyed it more than any other game we've played so far. Um, so I should say all of that. But um, I, I have an interest, a question about sort of explanation of things, like how much it explains and whether that's a good design choice. So sure. I'd like to come back to that because I also died by selling my CPU. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> first thing <laughs> I did. It, you see this list, so you're collecting tons of stuff. So you're the whole, one of the right. big elements of the game is collecting. You're collecting all kinds of things, and then you finally get to your first shopkeeper, and there's a list of all the things you have. <laughs> the first and thing you have on the list, number one on is that you have two, there's like two, three, one, how many do you have of this thing? And I'm like, oh, I've got two CPUs. I don't need two. I'll just sell one. So I go to sell it, and then the game goes to a loading screen. And I'm like, that's weird. Is the whole shop process going to require loading screens? Because that seems pretty inefficient. And then it goes back and it says, you've died. Do you want to continue? <laughs> yeah. And it, I was like, but I just wanted to sell one. It says I have two. I think it takes up two. That's slots. what I realized yeah. after I died yeah. by selling my own brain. I, I did it because it said, like, you should never take this out under any mm-hmm. circumstances. And I was just like, I'm going to do it. So you at least did it willfully. I did it out of stupidity. I didn't sell anything because I was afraid that I was going to need that <laughs> little killifish uh-huh. or that right. whatever else. So yeah. th- there's also, there's a, there's a shop uh, at some point that's, that tells you that they found this, uh, this fish and it's, they don't it's know. It's jackass. That she sends you an yeah. email. And she's like, hey, we have this fish. Do you want to try it? And they're like, she definitely hints that there's a strong chance it's poisonous basically and it might kill you and if you choose to eat it um that's it like your your save game is is over you have died and you have to start over now wow yeah yeah i did that too okay so so what is what what is the point of that what does that give to the game so i think so first of all i think that it's that's frustrating the fact that it's so unforgiving with the save points and that there's so many little things that can just that's, a, that's an ending. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think the reason that there are so many is because they're all numbered A to Z. <laughs> and that that's how many they needed in the game. Because there are 26 endings in the game. <laughs> so I think that they just were trying to find little ways to I think, make a game end for you. I think part of it is that, but also I, I'm i willing... like So in, in a lot of the other games, I've sort of been giving the game designers sort of the benefit of the doubt. But in this game, I truly believe... Um, it's very much purposeful to have things like that because why would you do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're you are play, you are playing a life. Like right. so, why are you going to take a chance to eat this fish? Like you're playing an android. Why are you going to sell your CPU chip? Like that's a core that's, thing. That's yeah. interesting, right? That, that it's a it's an android and you use life and android, right? Well, because so, in yeah. this game, right. it poses that question. Yeah, which and I'm I'm totally on board with that. Right. So. 
I think for me, partly it was the question of understanding. So, and this is the design question that I think is interesting and at least for me worth exploring, which is to ask, are you like, I didn't fully understand in terms of the language of gaming, mm-hmm. what I was doing okay. by, because of the way the game was designed and the, and the, I think limited is an overstatement to say how much it explains about what's going on. Um, I, it wasn't until the resistance camp that I actually understood how how chips worked. And even after they explained it, I was like, I'm not sure I understand what's happening. So so I get that yeah. those choices were made, and I'm actually in favor of them. And I, I, as you know, I love roguelikes, and I love playing with the stakes high. But accidentally running into problems because I misunderstand right. how, how the UI is representing things, for me, was sure. that was sort of a thing where I was like, this looks like a list of stuff I have, and I have certain numbers of it, and I... Right. So I just want to sell off the excess, right. which is a pretty common convention. You know, like I wouldn't accidentally sell my sword. I'd be like, oh, I have two of this sword. Right. I guess I'll sell. So that that's all I'm trying to get yeah, at. Yeah, totally. Yeah. As a design question, was there a way that that could have been avoided while still representing those ideas? I think in some ways they try to get you to make those mistakes. So, right. Because, yeah, it, because there's a reason the OS chip is number one on that list. The first thing that you see that you mm-hmm. can sell um, because I feel like a really big theme in this game is sort of, uh, is that, like, because with the androids, like, because one of the first things that happens at the very end of the intro segment is that you both blow yourself up. Mm-hmm. You, uh, 2B and 9S blows each other up to yep. kill their enemies. And then they, they come back at the bunker because they backed up their memory or whatever. And uh, 9S hadn't, uh, hadn't backed it up as soon, so he had lost, like, a lot of his memories of that whole experience. Um, so I feel like based on that and like a lot of things that happen like towards the end of the first playthrough and in general that it's really like sort of a ship of theseus problem Mm -hmm. it's talking about like okay so what part of your experience is you so the fact that they do all these things that will just kill you and then you come back and you're fine like i feel like that all sort of plays into that but i do feel like in some ways it is frustrating if it's on accident Mm -hmm. for sure yeah it made me feel like they were assholes (laughs) (laughs) you're not telling me any of this stuff like especially if i would have done if i would have done the thing i didn't sell my cpu but if i'd have done that i've been like okay that was that was jerky um regardless of how you wanted to play with the greater narrative and theme of the game that was jerky (laughs) so i mean i I think i i sort of disagree that it's well it is sort of jerky but i think they have a very good reason for it uh and there isn't overwhelming amount of philosophy in this game. Uh, I looked up some spoilers. There's a great Wisecrack video uh, on the philosophy in the game, and almost every boss and every character in the game is is riffing off of a popular philosopher. Like, they went through and there was, like, over 20 or 25 specifically named in the game. And, I mean, you get to this robot village and there's Pascal and John Paul and, like, all these other characters... Um, but one big one that I think comes up is sort of this idea of like condemned to freedom, right? And so you have all these choices that you can make and they might not necessarily be positive choices, right? Like eating a fish that is going to kill you. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's playing with this sort of idea in the game, you have freedom and you're going to go through this multiple times. So you're sort of living with your choices, right? So like you're dealing with the consequences. So I do get the impression that every little thing in that game, including stuff like those little endings and what the implication of them is, is authored. Like it's all very, very like yeah. explicitly. Like I, I get the impression that every little piece of this game is very purposely put there. So I feel like that there ha- that has to tie in some way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I, I think we should also back up. Have we actually explained sort of the the premise of the story, like yeah. broadly? Yeah, like the, Bro- the aliens broadly, yeah. and androids and robots and everything. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. okay. So we can get into. I know you guys haven't played through a lot of it, but I know the full story, so we can go through a little bit more of that if you guys want. Yeah, I mean, or... I mean, I guess we can sort of pause and be like, exactly, like, do we just want to freely talk about all of it to the extent that we, the information that each of us has, or do we just want to talk about, like, how much we play and I'd just... I'd go all of it. Good, let's talk okay. about... Well, what do you think, Joe? We can talk about whatever we want. Because I, I think I'll Robbie be... probably has the most information. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I also obviously want... I'd like to talk some about the sort of battle mechanics and things, too. But, okay, yeah. yeah. That's a typical um, I mean, well, let's, let's go there, then. Yeah, yeah let's... So, let, um, yeah, but... Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I... I what This is personally something I found really fascinating, which is normally I'm, I'm like a... A light attack kind of guy. Uh-huh. I'm like a. I like to be fast and and you know come in light attack it out. But I found I got a sword early on mm-hmm. from the first guy. It's, it's called so like the satisfying. beast, the beast master or something. And once I knew that it could do these mm-hmm. heavy attacks, like I played in a way that I never would normally play, just because the the way that those attacks were organized was so satisfying. And yeah. so, so I, for me that was a really nice moment in terms of surprising myself mm-hmm. as a gamer. To be like, wow, this game has has made something fun enough for me that I'm going to change my normal style of play just because it's so much more fun, um, and that was that was pretty cool. Um, we can generally talk about mechanics too, but I just I thought that was neat. So the combat's really interesting because there's like a bunch of different weapon types in the game. There's like great swords, spears, like fists, like all these things, and you equip two of them as two B. You equip mm-hmm. two of them, mm-hmm. and each combination offers its own unique attacks that it can do based on how you combine them. So there's a whole bunch of different possibilities. You can really sort of play it however you want, yeah. and that's really to me that was satisfying yeah. was experimenting with all the different combinations yeah. to find the one that I like the most. It's almost like a fighter, and I haven't played other like Bayonetta. I haven't it's, played games oh, that are yeah. like this. But I mean, it it actually reminded me most of um, Injustice, like the kinds of combinations that okay, yeah. that Injustice offers. And I, I was surprised to find that in a game that was also a wide kind of open world overlap. It's yeah. a bit overwhelming. There are so many different. I'm like, I, I I just went with what I had because I didn't. Yeah, there was so much choice. Uh, like, but I could definitely see that if if you really wanted to spend the time with it, you would dig. You could get like really really hone your exact. Button smashing, uh, <laughs> get it the way exactly right. that I want. So, just a, a quick aside: if you enjoy the the battle mechanics of Nier Automata, play Bayonetta for sure. Do, please, because it, it it Bayonetta will be is is like uh, the battle system of Nier Automata, and then uh, like all the excessive amount of story just sort of stripped away. It it'll just let you like you just go wild and, and explore the battle mechanics. I sort of the point of the would like that less. I I think one of the one of my best one of my favorite draws of this was I put it on easy mode because to me I liked that it was taking me through basically an anime movie, yeah, um, with a lot of depth and a lot of uh, conflict, but also a little bit of choice on my part. It's pretty, it's sort of the sloppy linear linearity. Um, you can kind of decide which way you want to go to to which little quest. But you're still on the same, I think, pretty limited quest lines, right? The main quest the, is like it's, it's, it's super just main quest, mm-hmm. yeah. Main quest, yeah. Um, but I, 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 I liked being along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put it on easy mode, and 
you know, I like going, falling into a cave and exploring down into the tiny, tiny little parts or climbing up into a building and seeing what was there, which was usually nothing. Yeah. But the fact that you had that space, I liked. But I really wanted it to, I, I felt like it would be satisfying as like a film, you know, to, mm-hmm. to just Absolutely. sit and watch yeah. the whole thing. A very thing long film. A very yeah. long film with a lot of layers or maybe a series and a lot of parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was happy just to go along, like I said, for the ride. I was surprised, too, that the, the email system, which is normally something that would just annoy me, I actually read. So there were, there were non, mm-hmm. at least as far as I could tell, non-mechanical emails that arrived that were just like another, another Android was like, hey, have you tried this new like right you know product that just came out and i normally i don't read that stuff and i'm like oh that's a pain i just have to check it but in this game i was surprised that i cared and was was interested in the idea that these androids were exchanging information with right. each other and so, in a non-mechanical way right? and that's a lot of why when i talk about the game i do refer to them as as living and i do talk about mm-hmm. it as life because really early not not immediately but pretty much once you get to the bunker and you talk to other androids because 2B is very no nonsense kind of like, hey, I got my mission. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. And I'm gonna get out. And then once you get to the bunker, you realize that there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, varied personalities amongst the androids in a way that as as just uh, you know an army to fight in this proxy war, mm-hmm. there's not really a need for them to have evolved all these personalities, but they do, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, it is. It is fascinating, and it's so interesting the blurry line between whether they evolve to have those personalities or whether they were created with those personalities. Right. right. Because a, one thing that you notice as you play through the game is that the the machines uh, are gaining sentience like rapidly. The machines, meaning the opposing yes, force yeah. that not, the not androids the are fighting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They're very rapidly becoming like civilized, essentially. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like the way that they are evolving sort of suggests that there might have been sort of a parallel evolution in some ways, but it's also interesting because I was thinking about like so why like so for, why would the humans create androids to have these personalities? Especially because Tubi spends so much time being like stop having emotions, and yeah. like, stop it, right. stop it, stop it. <laughs> like she's constantly trying to just like focus on her, her like task because that's like all she's driven by. So why would the humans create them like that? Mm-hmm. And it might just be a side effect of them making them as capable as possible to make their own decisions. So it was just like a side effect of making them intelligent, you know, enough. Right. But I, I was thinking about that a lot as I was playing. Is was were they created that way, or did they evolve? And there might be more like insights about. Well, that. that's what I was gonna say. So, <laughs> do you want to know? Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah, I don't want to know. This is a I have lots of theories yeah. about things that are haven't happened yet, and right. I do not know. And, and that's why I almost feel like what we should do is do another episode on Nier in like six months after we've all <laughs> and, seen it. Uh, and I'll be it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I mean, fair. something like yeah. that could be really oh. cool. Um, so, I mean, Life maybe yes. in goals. general, I would rather not, but I would be okay, willing yeah. to talk about it if it's like really... Whatever you think will serve our listeners. I'm sure, uh, yeah, I'm sure that there's listeners right now being like, oh my God, this person's so stupid. <laughs> like, uh-huh. That's the thing. I, 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 this game has been so talked about. Yeah. I feel like any of our like theories and discussions or yeah. if we haven't seen the whole thing to like complete the picture. Yeah. I mean, also complete. it's, it's in, in, since the new season of Westworld is out, it's sort of mm-hmm. running in parallel for me with that line of thinking. And mm-hmm. so, and obviously that show raises a number of questions that are similar about the sort of the self interests of, of androids, the, 
the question of whether the difference between real and, and fake, right? What do we consider a real experience? Um, and if, if the Android doesn't know that it's an Android, what does that mean about reality? So it, it raises, these are also questions that yeah. the, films like The Matrix raise these kinds of questions as well about about that. So Yeah, th- so throughout the, throughout the game, when I first started, I, I it's sort of immediately apparent, oh, they're, 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 they have a lot to say about humanity. And that's how I would think about it in my head. They're trying to say something about humanity. But uh, once I, once you get to the village of, of machines that are peaceful and they, don't, and they don't want to fight you and you start having real conversations with them, uh, I stopped wanting to think of it as they have a lot to say about humanity and more that they have a lot to say about like life, like mm-hmm. sen- like sentient life, like mm-hmm. what it means to, to live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it like it doesn't matter that they're not human and that's sort of the the point of like the whole rest of it like okay so if it doesn't matter that they're human then what does matter and they talk about that like a lot and, mm-hmm. and I'm uh, and again one of this is one of my theories so I know that it's probably by the end of the game it's probably like explained away but I feel like the humans are not like present like they, clearly yeah. they're not present at all yeah but I feel like maybe they're not even like they don't even exist anymore. They, like mm, I feel like mm. they, they they aren't actually there. Like I feel like I'm getting pre-recorded messages right. and just following my programming because I don't have anything else to do. I read ahead a little bit. And you did I know a little bit, but, but I'm not going to spoil it. Okay, so. that's fine. I think we should save it till yeah. six yeah, months. Yeah, that's why I feel like yeah. some of this stuff I'm like. <clears throat> but okay, go ahead. Well, J- Joe mentioned uh, you mentioned Westworld and also The Matrix. Um, one thing that the that's, that that storyline and that uh, that uh, uh, android to human uh, a comparison brought up for me especially with uh, 2B was um, Ghost in the Shell mm-hmm. uh, she is yep. so much yep. like Kusanagi she's mm-hmm. a, a a future uh, a, a slightly different future version far future version uh, of Kusanagi her attitude her even the way she talks um, the fact that she fights until she dies and then she gets remade and goes back out and fights again um, so many of those elements, uh, I felt like I was following Kusanagi around in a, in a in a far future thing. Yeah. And the other weird thing that the gameplay reminded me of uh, was, and this is a game that I really don't like, uh, is God of War. Mm. Um, I, fe- yeah. I, I think you're I, picking the wrong week to criticize yeah. that oh, game. Man. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've not played the new God of War games, but all the old ones drove me crazy because of their such limited linearity and it was a it was literally a button pushing mm-hmm. like uh, square triangle x square uh, mm-hmm. that drove me nuts and the fact that you just had to stand there and wait until your time to do this thing mm-hmm. I felt like there were some elements of this like in that especially that very first boss battle where he's got the arms that with the with the digger things that he's shooting at you or, or slamming at you um, I felt like it was stand here until he shoots and then shoot a whole lot and then run to the other side and shoot a whole lot and then run to the other side and shoot a whole lot. And there were several pieces like that that I, uh, that was not my favorite part of the game. Yeah. Because um, well, a lot of that's just like indicative of the genre, mm-hmm. right? Because they're definitely the same genre, mm-hmm. like the, the action RPG, right? Which is interesting. But I say that, I brought I brought the, the that fight style and, and God of War, which I don't like up right after I brought up uh, Ghost in the Shell, which I absolutely love. It's one of my, probably, my favorite anime, uh, period. Not the film. 
Uh, yeah, Sorry. not. Oh yeah. Uh, I haven't even. I haven't seen the the Scarlet Witch because uh, I because why? Uh, but just to contrast that, uh, I love so much following this sort of Kusanagi character that feels really really good, mm-hmm. um, and 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 especially that it's such similar themes and it seems like almost a continuation or or a, a kind of a dis- distant reference. Yeah. To that. But at the same time, I'm using this God of War kind of so fight style. I that phrase offends me. Which one? Because God of War, uh, God of War, like requires uh, again not the new one because I haven't played the new one and the everybody new one's very different. Wants to whatever, <laughs> but <laughs> he can't even. I don't even care how different it is. Like I don't want to play it because if they wanted to make a good game, then don't call it God of War. <laughs> uh, because to me, like God of War is just uh, pick your favorite weapon, walk up to your enemy, and just push the button a million times, right. and then something cool will happen, and something, and then there'll be like a loud sound, and yay, and then go off and do the next That's thing. Exactly why I hate it. But but in this game, if you, you if you just go up to something and you just start mashing the square button, you You'll like die. yeah, you, you will die. You will take not on, on not it. Not on yeah. easy mode. I don't know exactly. How, not on, see. I don't know how you live even on normal the mode. First two fights. How I played. Did you... I played normal mode, and I did a whole lot of run, hold down this button, and hold down that. I button don't know how you did and it. Jam this other. I button. don't know how well, you did it. Then I, yeah. I, I was I, I was mangled I repeatedly. Yeah, that that would one hundred percent be yeah. an, an anomaly. I just kept, kept getting shredded by those damn gears. No, right. I was... Like so this so in this game, like when you push when you push square, it starts an animation and that attack will have to go through its animation and it takes time. And if you want to follow it up with other things and, and combo it out. Each of those things, like it's like a fighting game, exactly mm-hmm. like yeah. what you said before. Like, well, I have to say that I, I wasn't just like slamming my hand on the button. Right. Ma- I, there was some method to my madness, but I didn't feel like. I mean, I could have been hitting the the uh, triangle button a bunch, or the circle button, a, or not the circle, but whatever the X, uh, what are the square, square and yeah. triangle a lot. I, I played it on a PS4, and I can't yeah, remember no, where all the buttons are. Um, yeah, so the the I, I alternated a lot between the square and the triangle, which was her melee attack, and then I held down the button, uh, the R one button, which pod shot shooter. the yeah. pod thing. And then other than that, I was just trying to maneuver back and forth out of the way. Oh, so okay, was, so that I, I mean, was that's the game. So, yeah, yeah, okay. I <laughs> but, I, but I still felt like it was, uh, you know, shoot at this thing and then run out of the way, and then shoot it again and run out of the way, mm-hmm. and I. I Okay. Partly it was because, I guess, because I didn't die that it well, felt low stakes, maybe. I don't know. Well, I think that sounds like you were playing a very conservative style. Because if you... Yeah, probably. Because especially if... Rely on the perfect dodges and stuff like that to try and break... I, I, don't right, think, I wouldn't think of it as perfect more. It's if just, you, holy <laughs> shit, it's random. i got to get out of the way. <laughs> well, ex- exactly. But you're, it sounds like you're going in, coming out, and going in, and coming out. But if, yeah. you, if you really master the combos, you can stay in the middle of the fray oh. and really come out feeling like... Like the biggest badass on the planet. No, I ran around because you circles can, outside away right, from because you can. Because that's my place. You can basically stay in the middle, and if you if you keep track of what's going on around you, you can focus okay. on the enemies in front of you and hit them. And then when something behind you is about to hit you, dodge backwards and sort of just. Yeah. Oh wow! Like I would um, love to see that. Yeah, I'd love to see a movie great. about that. And actually, I, I'll say this about the AI. Um, let's. This is the not the AI story, but yeah. like the actual combat abilities of, of the robots themselves I was impressed by their what appeared to me to be their increase in ability to respond and there's actually a fight the the, the first boss after 
you get through the prologue, so the first boss in the main story deals with this problem in a really interesting way. Again, I won't spoil it, but the... Oh, no, yeah. I think yeah. this part's fair, fair to spoil. Yeah, so every, the, how about everything before the first ending? Okay. It's definitely yeah, so, the, so the, this first boss, who reminded me a lot of the of Satan in the way he was constru- sure. constructed as a figure, um, evolves throughout the course of the fight, both levels up and evolves new defenses against the things you're doing and new attacks. Really quickly. Really oh, quickly. Yeah. And um, at first, I thought... When, because your sidekick says, "Oh, you, we should get through this fight quick," which was really not a nice thing to say because you throw you, everything yeah. at him. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, "Oh my gosh, go kill him!" But in truth, what it means is you have to get very quickly, much more sophisticated in the way you interpret what he's mm-hmm. doing. But I also noticed that the even the kind of uh, rank and file robots get smarter over time. So you encounter a robot that looks like one you fought earlier, but its defensive mechanisms are better later in the game Mm -hmm. Um, so I there were robots I definitely fought in the early game who would just keep coming toward me Mm -hmm. which makes it really easy again with a heavy attack you just power the whole heavy attack up they get close enough and you just wipe out 30 of them in one one shot but later in the game the same kind of robot at least visually I couldn't tell the difference would get close to me and then as I started my attack it would jump backwards in a way that was different and so that I thought was really both interesting and, and satisfying so so it occurs to me here, and you say this. I'm sitting here thinking, I would really like to see Robbie, you, or uh, all of you guys. But Robbie seems to have a better handle on it than probably any of us, I would guess. I would like to. I would like to watch your playthrough of it, which is really rare for me to say because I really don't like all of those playthrough videos where someone narrates over the top of like what they're doing as they play through an entire game. But I. So I, I just had this thought of. What would it be like to fill a movie theater with, with, <laughs> with patrons and have one person plugged in playing this long narrative and the people get to watch it as an action movie? Oh, man. What, so think of a game that would be just a little, maybe a little uh, more tidy and a little moving along uh-huh. than this. Uh, so that not as many be. running around killing this thing after this thing after this thing. But uh, more of the pacing of, say, a Star Wars. Um, but we, you're watching a person play the movie. That's actually right. a great idea. We, That's the future. Yep, let's we do actually it. experienced something yeah, I was about pretty to say similar Day to that at GDC. at GDC. Yeah, oh, really? basically. Yes. That. So, this is big, like, classic theater in San Francisco that's been turned into, like, a dine in theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and during GDC. The Alamo Draft House. Yes. Oh, okay. You should send us money sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> during GDC, uh, Double Fine sponsored their, their whole publication thing, and you paid $30. You go in, it's like two hours long, and there was a showcase of all their games. So each game got about 10 minutes. So it wasn't one feature, you know, sort of playing through, but it was, but it was that kind of thing. Them playing the game. Like it wasn't them narrating over it, it was just some, like a dev playing through their game mm-hmm. and with like yeah. the audio. And- I, I would and like was- to see it. I would like to see a long full narrative mm-hmm. almost right. like a traditional movie I would like to see this basically I would like to see the anime of this game um, be uh, yeah. the story of it I feel like something like The Last of Us or something like that would be really suited to something like that yeah. that somebody could just mm-hmm. play through and like mm-hmm. you could do it by chapters because it's got yeah. like three or four you know uh-huh. yeah. alright so Robbie you gonna yeah, let's play through and we'll okay. <laughs> And I mean, it could even be, I, I see it maybe as an episodic uh, uh, a- anime series yeah. for a game this long. Wow. 
<laughs> so yeah, that's my million dollar. Well, I will say that I feel like the actually inhabiting the character in Near is really important to the yep. experience because it's so much about that internal. Like, because I feel like a like it's aware um, of the player as a party and some like not explicitly. Like, it's not fourth wall breaking. I think anything. it does break the fourth wall a little bit. It it mentions uh, it mentions things like. I want to say that it mentions saving. In, oh yeah, like in the you're backing of, up your memory, like right. it, it, like all that stuff is like fully diegetic. But I feel like the player is in some ways the sort of persistence of you know of of, mm-hmm. of memory, you know. And so I feel like that would be lost in some way, maybe not completely, but because you're still having the same like exposure to the same event. Doesn't the guy with the broken with the messed up leg in the in the uh, resistance camp, he mentions <laughs> he's got only one leg that is his own from the beginning yeah. of his yeah. existence. Which again, exactly. That, that, yeah. It was that, yeah. that that after I talked to him about that, I was thinking about that throughout the entire mm-hmm. game. Yeah. I was like, "That's yeah. to me right now. That's what yeah. this game is about." And he said, "If I replace this part, it's then I have no parts anymore that are who I was." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fascinating moment. Mm-hmm. In the, in the sequence, and it's a throwaway too. It's yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like yeah. he's a shopkeeper, so ostensibly you're there just to buy stuff. He gives you a silly quest, like all shopkeepers. And then do. somebody's like, "Oh, well, why don't you fix your leg yeah. if you have got yeah. all these good parts?" And yeah. I think Nine S is just like, yeah. "Well, there's got to be something going it's on." Just like three sentences, the yeah. whole thing. Mm-hmm. But it is. It's a powerful. I feel like every interrogation though that. that feels like a throwaway is is, very is a, a bigger signal to the to the yeah. broader but area. it doesn't feel like they're being like nudge 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 right, like right. here you go it, it passes yeah. by really um, quickly it's very like it feels like realistic conversations that they would mm-hmm. be having and that sort of thing like it's all very like really it's well done but he yeah. w- one of the things that he says in a, a conversation around that conversation he mentions and I can't recall exactly what it is but he mentions something about uh like questing or something like that that seems like it's a reference to a nudge and a wink to hey you're playing a game it's it's like those other there games. are lines like that actually I felt that when they explained the chip system which the mm-hmm. yes. shopkeeper to the right of him mm-hmm. the one who it's not a shopkeeper but a maintenance mm-hmm. maintenance android says something about explaining the chip system because not everybody understands it that felt clearly yes. to me and and Oh, there's also that character that you can talk to and they'll be like, do you have any questions about anything? Yes. And it can be like, this says, game is too mo- hard. Yeah, motion yeah. sickness. Yeah. yeah, there are definitely openings where you're crossing over into that space. Um, and it does bring me back, I know I keep harping on this point, but it does bring me back to design questions. Even though, again, I, I kind of fell in love with the game basically when I figured out the heavy attack of the new sword that <laughs> yeah. I got. Yeah. Which brings me to, to a design problem. So, you lose your heavy sword after you land you, the prologue, and so I so I go into the second. You guys, what? this didn't happen to you. Yeah, so you do. You lose yeah, your heavy sword, sword, and you have to go retrieve I don't think it. I, yeah, you can go. Yeah, you can go back. You start with two swords sword. on your back, right? Yeah, yeah. but and then, then you lose your heavy. Or I lost my heavy sword, and in your gear still. I didn't understand why, and I was really annoyed because I'm like, why? But apparently, there's a line about it because. The commander yeah, sends you an email that later that says, I've identified the location of your your missing yeah. equipment. It, but before I got that email, whatever I was supposed to understand about having lost it went by because it was yeah. probably a one-off bit of dialogue. Yeah. For me, that was a... So I, I'm like, oh my God, I just have one sword. And I thought, okay, I'll go along with it. But 
there are some design elements that feel like if they were intentional, they were intentional in a way that pushed against convention. Um, I mean, another example for me is so you cross. There's a bridge. Remember the you guys all remember the bridge that when you cross it, mm-hmm. you get to some much more dangerous robots. There's like a, a yeah. crevasse and you, there's a river. So when I crossed that bridge, I got a little message that said, "I'm picking up really dangerous, high-powered weaponry. Mm-hmm. You might want to, you know, consider that." Yeah. And I saw this like big giant thing in the trees, and I'm like, "Oh, I'll just go over." And then it started doing nasty stuff. So I said, "Okay, this is not I an area I want to no, be." No, I think I have no idea what you're referring okay. to right now. Well, I, I guess just I kind of, totally. I was it. exploring around the city when I first thinking, landed. The only thing I can think of is there's the shopping center that's across the, the giant. Yeah, rope so bridge. there's a, like a rope bridge, and you eventually get directed okay, there as yeah. part of the plot. So but I didn't go there. So they before. tag they they provide a useful bit of of sort of diegetic UI, right? They go, okay, this is dangerous. You might not want to do it. In the desert, I stumbled over a big sand dune into a bunch of what I can only call flying mines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like 50 of they them They go come over swarming. the dune. And yeah, yeah, and they chase you till they start blowing you up. Unless you're really clever, which I was not. It was interesting to me that in one case, they provide that information as a, again, as a kind of tool to help you understand what's happening. But in the other, they didn't. I think that, that the flying mines might have just been that they, they that you didn't attack them effectively. Yeah, because you can just I, shoot I, I them with, the your, guys, with your with Yeah, I just thing. walked right into them and was like, yeah. <laughs> well, so so, but they were a brand new type of enemy. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm only raising the question again of whether. Like, hmm. I, I think some like of these worth were design decisions. Right. Some mm-hmm. of them mm-hmm. felt like over, like, like they were overlooked. Yeah, there's That's a chance that say. we're giving them a little bit too much credit about some stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. that, in that particular case, I agree. Um, and, it, and it might be the difference between, oh, this is like a secret hidden boss versus, oh, this is just an enemy and the, like that was normally there, you know? Yeah. So, so that might be the difference. Yeah, I think part of it. So as you progress through the game... Um, you do level up, and so like you do become more powerful. So I think it's one of the things where it's sort of like, this thing you can't do, and this thing, you know what? If you have the skill, you can do it. So it, I think that might be the, the difference where it's like, hey, if you go here, based on where you are in the game, you just can't. Whereas here, if, if you have the ability, it doesn't matter that you're only four hours into the game and you probably don't. If you did, you would be able to handle it. So, you know. Right now, and, yeah. and that totally makes sense to me. And and again, I should restate that you know I I've kind of fell in love with the game. Yeah. So it's yeah. I just I think it's worth interrogating some of the design choices as designers mm-hmm. and sure, saying, sure, look, sure. why yeah. why would you deliberately tag something? Because I, I I shot at the the very hard thing a little bit, and right. I was like, oh, I did a little bit of damage. I I could have in theory gone after it. So it wasn't like this is impossible, yeah, it wasn't, right. but they chose in one case to do something mm-hmm. that seemed helpful, mm-hmm. and I mean those flying bots came out of nowhere. I'm glad that you survived them, but <laughs> I literally started, and of course it's on sand, so you're sliding down this hill toward mm-hmm. them, and then they all go beep beep we need beep, to talk and about they the sand too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the constant surfing. Uh-huh. Um, but for me, that seems strange. It seems strange mm-hmm. to tag it in one place <coughs> deliberately. <laughs> And in another place That's to just go, surprise, brand new enemy, here's a yeah. hundred of them. Um, and That's they're all going to kill you as soon as they get close. Um, whereas, again, they've made the decision in other places. Forget the tagging for a minute. Just 
they introduce new enemies in small groups normally, yeah. right? So they go, here's one of these. Here's a couple of these with the shields. Here's three of these guys, but you're in a big open space where you can navigate around them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it didn't feel purposeful to me as a designer, is all Wait, I'm trying to say. Surprising me over a sand oh, dune okay. with a hundred bots that could and, kill and me. The interesting thing is, I think that that's the only place that those enemies show up because yep. there are those little ones that carry bombs later, yeah. but they're not the same because those yep. guys are like cut in half yeah. with like bombs stuck on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, so th- I think that's the only place that they appear. Yeah, which also made me sad because they're kind of a cool idea. In my first playthrough, I did not ever encounter them, and Tanner was talking about them, and I'm like, "What are you talking about, little bomb guys in the <laughs> desert?" Yeah. And then my second playthrough, I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like. Yeah. Just, yeah. Right. Well, maybe I didn't. I, I yeah. thought that I saw the flying mine guys, and they just like I came over at me, and I, I was just shooting them from a distance. I don't think they're flying. I think that they just run over the dude. Yeah. Well, what was weird too? So maybe this is all just a dream, and I didn't understand. <laughs> 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 or maybe the game changes you, were you for every user. War? Yeah. <laughs> the because what was crazy is there were I swear to you guys there were there were, maybe weren't a hundred but <laughs> it felt like a hundred and I only killed a couple and and I would say a dozen of them chased me but it looked like there, there was an array of them. I ran away for a little while. I I got recovered and I was like, oh, I want to go back and try those guys out. I went back to where they were. Nobody was there. Hmm. <laughs> so, I, I so think that it's was probably also just like weird. a triggered encounter, like yeah. a random encounter. But situation. there were some that hadn't chased me that I could see no. in the distance. So they had vanished. In in the desert, did you guys find the there was like a there's like a door that you can't open yet? Yeah. There's and a bunch of those. Yes. There's and, not just in the desert. And, but there's a there's a door you can't open yet. There's a machine standing in front of it, uh-huh. and he says you can't go here yet, and then yep. he blows himself up. Yep. There's a bunch yeah. of those guys. Yeah. And they all blow themselves up, and they're always they have a different reason for blowing yeah. themselves yep. up. And yep. I still don't know what the deal is with that yet. A lot of bro- of sealed crates too. Yeah. Sealed. Those um, you on the second sealed. playthrough, you're playing as nine S, and he can oh, hack he into can get them. into them. Oh, so the nice. sand thing, I want to mention really quickly. Uh, I when we first when I first started doing the sliding on the sand, I was like, "Oh shit, this is gonna suck." I'm gonna be sliding in a direction that I can't change <laughs> and trying to shoot things. But then I quickly learned that you can like scoot around and and basically it's surf really the sand. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. and it was re- it went yeah. from it went from oh no to wow, this yeah. is awesome because doing a, a maneuver where you slide into someone and you're shooting and then you whip around the other direction was cool and it yeah. was smart because the deserts are really big sort of relatively boring area so it's a way for you to get across really yeah, fast fast so, fast movement yeah, yeah. yeah that was good it's funny I had the exact opposite feeling <laughs> as soon as I was starting to suffer from surfing I found every rusty pipe I could and, ran and stood it. on it <laughs> so that I wouldn't be I started so out the whims to, of the desert yeah, would I was, not control me I was exactly the opposite I tried. I started out trying to be on the things so I wouldn't have to surf in the sands because I thought it was a danger mechanism, yeah. mm-hmm. but then I, I I switched it like, oh, this is this is just fast travel. Mm-hmm. Did anybody ride a cre- get a creature yes. to ride? Yeah, uh, I never. Uh, yeah, so so you have to you have to like you have to buy a satchet, yep. yeah. and then you have to get food and put it on the ground. Yeah. And yeah, then you can ride them. And, then, and they and do what? they demolish everything in their oh, path. Okay, yeah. Good. Those like, giant moose horns. Now I want to do it. Yeah, now I want to do it. I just never took the chance. Sorry, antlers. I did it so it just you can just run back and forth through the enemies and just Oh, that's awesome. And it's interesting because like I don't know why that's in the game other than well it's interesting because they're almost right. the only like organics mm-hmm. that yeah, you see. Apparently organic. 
Um, well, but you can harvest meat from them and stuff. Yeah, there. The the uh, <laughs> Android meat. meat. I wanted to ask, have you how many Square Enix games outside of this have you guys played? Many, a lot, a lot. <laughs> so how I tried to look this up, like a list of Square Enix games that has a fishing mechanic in it. because so, <laughs> it seems Square, like yeah. ridiculously popular things. So for, for I, oh, that's awesome. Love fishing mini games. I do too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I and it's not even but just it seemed Square really Enix. weird. Yeah. It's not even just Square Enix. It's um. Just like a lot of like Japanese games have fishing. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. like Okami had one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, this is Square Enix, but like Final Fantasy 15s was amazing. Right. And they made well, a VR it's a whole, spin-off game. Yes, that's what I was getting to. <laughs> that's what I was getting to. And, and Deadly Premonition. Deadly Premonition had it too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's getting borrowed a lot. I mean, so Far Cry mm-hmm. Five also you can fish. Mm-hmm. So there are other companies that are. There's something about it. I and just, even small scale. I, I mean, spend uh, so much time. Animal Stardew, Crossing, yes. Stardew Valley, Stardew Valley. Just, yeah. Like, well, those sort of make sense because you're sort of like you know it's it's sure. part of a, a part of, of the community. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas it makes no sense for an android. Well, yeah. A well, super I, fighting I, android I think it to want to fight. Is that she leads? Did you see how she leads? She builds a little sort of digital. Chair I for herself yeah. and leans on it while yeah. the fishing. Oh, is I like, totally didn't notice. It's yeah. so funny. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think it sort of makes sense because part of what you're doing is like, like Two B's main job is to kill robots, but also like part of it is learning about humans, right? In some ways, I feel like there, there's sort of this passive desire huh. off of them to learn about people. Well, they're also, they're also supposed to be monitoring. Yeah. The progress of the planet. Yeah. And so they're sort of cataloging. So you know, catch all the metal fish you can. Yeah. Cataloging. Yeah. Cataloging like what's going on in like the what, ecology. Like what fish are here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Essentially. So. But, that's a I weird. Felt, but that's I, just a weird way no, to put that into the game. But yeah. so my. What I sort of took away from that is again talking about sentient life and, and what's important and stuff like that. There are other ways to catch these fish, but they choose to do it in a way that is. Um, more like leisure time and meditative yeah right Mm -hmm. and then like there there are ways to to tame beasts and to ride them but they choose to do it in a way that's a lot more um uh eco-friendly i guess like they they somehow these androids do care a lot about being in peace and harmony with nature and that is something that um is is it's indicative of of something, you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's did not you guys, just programmed. Did any of you catch an android fish? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. So it's interesting that the fish, there's the organic fish, and then there's the robo fish, and they're both there, like yeah. together. Like that's interesting. Like yeah. why would somebody make all of these replicas of all these fish? Yeah. And I wonder if it's the machines doing it, like or something, like mm-hmm. something related to that, because they're not android fish; they're machine. No, yeah, they, like they use machine the, fish. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also, it reminded me of so. There's a point where Nine S, and this probably happens more than once. Because he's sort of the voice of emotion and the voice of humanness, mm-hmm. if we're going to call it that. Um, but he, after the first big boss fight in the main story, he's like, "Man, we really got knocked around back there. Maybe we should go relax a bit and and you know get." I mean, he's essentially saying, "Look, you, we we were traumatized by this. Yeah, should we go? Because I was healthy. I had mm-hmm. still had a bunch of health packs left, yeah, and I was... I was like, maybe I should just keep roaming." But he he's sort of saying, "Look." Let's Slow let's down. have a yeah. little downtime because this is intense and it's um, anyway that that mm-hmm. struck me in the same way as the fishing yeah. as a kind mm-hmm. of so, human like a, a human like thing yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. But right. here, 
so I I'm I was lifelike. I was right there with you for like a really long time in the game, and then I started rethinking about it. I don't think 9S is necessarily the the voice of humanness because there are humans that act just like 2B does. Uh, there yeah. are people that mm-hmm. I mean, one thing like having a purpose and having a reason to live. It I mean that's that's powerful and that's what everybody's looking for. Mm-hmm. And there are people that find that and latch on to it, and that's all they care about. What is my goal? What is my mission? That's it. And there's also the fact that 9S is never, like, at least by the end of the first playthrough, Mm -hmm. does not believe that the machines are gaining sentience. Like, 2B's the one who starts to realize it. And 9S is still just like, like, even when he's talking with Pascal in the village, he's just like, yeah, you're just a robot. Like, this is all a trap, and I would kill you if if I was the one with the big sword. And the thing I will give them credit for, and then I'll shut up for a bit, because I know I keep talking, um, is that I don't think it's any... I don't think it's a coincidence or or, or random that she's called to be because oh, obviously, of oh, yeah. right? So to be or not to be is the opening line of Hamlet's soliloquy about right. what the nature of, of humanness, right? And the nature of how we make decisions and, and right? So it's, it's a kind of perfect, and the fact that then you switch from her to a different, mm-hmm. to a not to be, right. right? Is all of that for me felt really purposeful and interesting as a, as a choice to describe so the you know. name of the second ending is or not to be oh. <laughs> I will know that yeah. someday someday I will experience that um, so it's interesting the, the differences between so at first I, I really thought that 9S was just a plucky sidekick yeah but he's really not I mean yeah, yeah. it's interesting yeah. he's really not plucky he's not plucky at all no he is the unpluckiest no, um, well, because I I began to realize that he was sort of because he over the course of at least the first playthrough is the one who dies over and over mm-hmm. again and keeps getting his memory wiped, and that becomes like a sticking point for Two B I think, because um, at the very I mean, this is a direct spoiler of the ending of the first one he dies again like he immediately like he he had just died he just came back and he instantly just sacrifices himself for her again for like the fifth or sixth time. And she starts crying. Like, she's just like, why does it have to always be this way? Because he never backs up his memories, and he just gets his memory wiped again. Um, And so I feel like that comparison between Tubi, who is sort of seeing more of this, and 9S, who is actually the more emotional one, but doesn't, like, have, like, she's the one who builds up the long-term connection with him. Mm -hmm. It's a really interesting dynamic, and I do think that plays along into sort of the the whole ship of Theseus idea with Mm -hmm. is, like, is this still 9S? Is it not? Like, I I don't know. I'm really interested to see that developing. Um, So. Go ahead. Does 9S also fish? Is yes. that a mechanic that continues? Yes, okay. he does. Never mind. Head cannon destroyed. That's fine. <laughs> <No. laughs> it would be funny if he were a hunter instead. Right. Like with a crossbow. Like like, I don't yeah. fish. Yeah, I know. I know I know that you said that them interacting with animals was like this nice little and, and the actual like getting them to like side with you, it is. But I'm just remembering the first boar I rode that I accidentally rode into an elevator shaft and he could <laughs> oh. never escape ever. 
and I felt really bad about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so just the fact that the way that you use the animals is uh, that's sort of an aside, but I was yeah. just remembering having to kill him so that he wouldn't have to starve to death at the bottom of the set. Oh, <laughs> this elevator shaft. <laughs> Wait, was that a personal Olivia choice or does the game? No, tell that was you a that? personal Olivia okay, choice. I, that was Olivia. Like, I can't leave here. <laughs> he will starve. <laughs> um, hey, can we talk a little bit just about the um, the use of space in the game. So this yeah. idea of, because as you guys have already pointed out in the opening sequence before you even get to play the real game, you learn that there are at least five ways, six ways, right? So there are, you've got a machine that you can fly in that you mm-hmm. can use twice, two different ways, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can sort of fire forward. There's the like twin stick shooter. Twin stick shooter, right. Version. And then there's also, yeah. So you've got those two, but then you've also got open world pan and zoom sort of rotational space you've also got platformer space and you've got uh there's one more right well there's like a there's a there's lot a of top down also there's right more there. too because in the second playthrough they introduce a few more yeah like, yeah so i'm just curious what thoughts you guys had about i thought it was just space. neat yeah. like I, I, I thought it was novel yeah, yeah, it was novel. I, I don't know that it's anything other than just a really cool aesthetic thing to do is to just like seamlessly transition between mm-hmm. those. Because mm-hmm. there's a few instances where it's a little bit jarring, yep. but for the most part, it's just like you don't barely even notice it. It's, it's where it's where that transition happens to me that was jarring. Really? Like when I, when I go from uh, top down in a corridor to getting on a ladder and then it turns back to pretty much a full 3D perspective and she goes up the ladder and now I'm in platformer. Mm-hmm. Was was all I got it. It takes getting used to. Yeah. Another one is the top down. Sometimes you'll walk around and it's top down. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, was the other one. So I don't know. I just I was really it made it made it feel really cinematic to me, and I feel like yeah. that's the main purpose that it serves. Weirdly, uh, it it it, it, the, it it felt on the one hand cinematic, but it also took me out of the the cinematic view uh, because it was. It was kind of breaking the breaking the the, the, the game wall, kind of mm-hmm. like I saw the I, I saw mechanic. Yeah, I when also, it happened, I went, "Oh, that's the mechanic that we just switched mm-hmm. to." Even just as mechanics, though, it's nice because a lot of the segments of the game are like, "Here's a wave of enemies. Here's some more enemies. Here's some more enemies. Here's some more enemies." So for them to change your perspective in the middle of that adds mm-hmm. a little bit of variety on it, so where they can still pace it so that all the dialogue is happening at the speed that they. It want. also reminded me of they, how much I sucked at it. <laughs> like when I'm oh, I'm just getting the hang of this topic down view of shooting yeah. these guys in the whole bullet hell thing and then oh wait now we're back to 3d and i'm looking so, in the wall so for me i really enjoy it because i feel like it helps to reinforce um or it helps to build up your knowledge of the fighting mechanics mm-hmm. because if if it was if the camera was always over the one shoulder you would adapt to using the mechanics based on what you see on the left and right and forward screen and then occasionally swinging the camera around. But this makes you think, like, this makes you really consider, like, I just saw an enemy move over there and try and build that headspace. Mm-hmm. And if you do that in the third person over the shoulder camera, then when it changes to top down, what you're seeing, I don't know if I'm explaining this right, but what yeah, you're explaining looking down should match what you, what you are able to already create in your head mm-hmm. from that thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's moving around and it just makes it, it makes it a more interesting thing for you to see with your eyes. But it, because they keep changing the camera around, they're forcing you to play the game and understand the mechanics the way they want you to. Mm-hmm. So that later on, I'm assuming, uh, I'm, I'm really assuming and hoping that at some point it gets 
harder because it really is just sort of a plateau mm-hmm. of well, it, difficulty. Well, I think it's a partially that you get stronger, the enemies get stronger. Yeah. But a lot of times when games do that, they'll like be jumps, right? Where the boss will be hard, you'll get past the boss, you'll get up to that level. And the, you know, normally it's that I, sort of. Stair I wanted steps. to ask about that because clearly you've gone so far. It seemed like when I leveled up, there was not any pers- real perceptible thing that I was doing or getting. You get hit points and and attack strength. So, yeah. so it's just those are the two I noticed. Just, They're probably more it's things. just numbers. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's bars. it. More hit yeah. points, more okay. your your attacks basically do more damage. I, and I think like so, I think uh, there are weapons and stuff that would be like you can't use this until your right. level, whatever, whatever. I don't but think it, so. You don't think so? I don't think. I, I didn't see that. It, that's but a weird thing that to do be though, because um, it it seems like <laughs> because you can plug things into your pod and and level him up that way in a sense. Yeah seems like that's where the leveling mechanism should come like like mm-hmm. it, it's it, it seems yeah. almost artificial that it's an experience level like in a traditional human rpg um but these aren't humans they level up by plugging something better in right i think that would have been i i agree that just the level up like i i don't feel like it fit in this it like the aesthetic yeah. it kept popping up on the screen yeah. and i was like it also why is that heals you that was the other thing um, yeah I, there were definitely points where i was in very bad shape and I leveled up in the middle of a fight, and it was super useful. Which again, it, yeah, it just I, makes no. No, it doesn't make no. It doesn't diegetic sense, but it, it you know, it, it sure is nice. Yeah. It is nice when you get <laughs> but that. Most actually, RPGs don't have mm-hmm. levels. Like it's just you get more gear and you get better. Like it's normally I, yeah. the way it works. You get more do, used to the controls. I do wonder if in the Yorha organization, mm-hmm. I haven't really paid attention uh, to that part of it. But now that you mention it, I wonder if they if they talk about levels, and I wonder if that's like your experience in combat. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're a level five to be unit. Like, that's great. Yeah. I can mm-hmm. see that, but I didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice that so. either. But again, it seems like it would be because they're ostensibly mechanical. Yeah. Um, that that your maybe level could, would be a corresponding thing to you can't use this level of chip or this level of thing that's super super powerful even yeah. though you might have found it mm-hmm. because you just don't have the you haven't built all of those structures in yourself yet yeah there's so many things that make sense like in the world that are mm-hmm. all very like this is because you're an android so you can mm-hmm. do this that the things that don't make quite fit in there really sort of stand out yeah. so i guess one thing that i will say is in the in the story the overall story um, one thing that, that is really important is like motivation and purpose. And I think a lot of the more gamey mechanics are maybe a way for them to hint at that, like to, to give you a motivation to, to keep going or to reward you for progress, because that is a big deal also. Yeah, and I guess for me, I chalked that for me was one more thing that was unexplained. So for me, this was, a, uh, again, a kind of design question that tied into every time I hit the fuse thing and it said, you can't fuse. I didn't really understand what fusing was. Mm. So it wasn't explained anywhere, but there was a button that said fuse. So every every few, like every like 20 minutes, I'd be like, maybe I have the parts I need now to fuse. Uh-huh. And I would hit the fuse button. It would say, no, you don't have those parts. I only parts. did that probably once in the whole <laughs> and yeah. so the So to have menu items that... I had never been explained, but also seemed to be useful to me somehow. The same was like the the chip system, and there was also the again selling my own CPU to kill myself <laughs> accidentally. Um, for me, leveling just was one more 
So, so actually, it bothered me less because I had already come to grips with the kind of existential problem yeah. of not understanding a bunch of elements yeah, of what yeah, was happening. So I was just like, oh, okay, this is another thing I don't get, but it's happening, so that's cool. I'm just going to go forward. I, I, I want to talk about that after you finish the game. So podcast number two in six yeah. months, we can talk about that. Um, if you, I mean, I mean, I mean, after you get to either the fourth or fifth ending. Yeah. <laughs> so if you ever do that, then. So let's revisit, like revisit that that topic <laughs> of of the the things that are gamey that don't seem to fit. Yeah, I mean, and again, it's part of it, and this is separate, I think, from what Brad was saying. Part of it for me is is an interesting question about what we offer players as designers to help them along, right? And and so I'm I'm someone who's fine if a game doesn't give me quest markers. Yeah, but this game did. I'm also a game that I'm pretty okay with games that don't have mini maps if they're just going to decide not to have a mini map. But this game did. Yeah. So there, there, it wasn't like it was shedding all of the helpful things that games have learned how to do that make a player's experience more, uh, intu- not intuitive, that's the wrong word, but but make it easier for you as a player to find the things you need to find. It seems this to game have did, left them out. It did some of those things. Yeah. But in other cases, I was like, why can't you just explain this to me? Like, right. like why do I have to figure out what fusing is in a really yeah. circuitous way without understanding? D- does the shop dude not explain? Yeah, the blacksmithy dude does sit yeah. talk because he hey. lets you fuse one of the No, listen, I, I'm not yeah. saying it's not explained. I'm okay. saying that yeah. as a player, when I go, go into what I thought I was going Got into, mm-hmm. there are Got things it. that I expect to happen. And, and again, for me, the quintessential example was killing myself by accident. Yeah. When I see a number that says two and I see a, an item, and I'm pretty sure I just need one of them, Sure. and then I sell one of them, and then I die, That's a hu- for me, that's a huge design sure. problem. Now, if it's purposeful and it's consistent across the game world, then I go, okay, this game is parodying or sat using, using this as a way to confront certain kinds of elements. For me, it was inconsistent. It mm-hmm. felt like in some cases they were trying to be super helpful. In other cases, they were okay. saying... Surprise! This yeah. is not doesn't work at all. Try to figure it out when you can. Or or um, or say here's this thing that we're really not going to say much or, or anything about. Yeah, you'll um, just have to. We're going to go. give you all of this stuff mm-hmm. like seed pods and sap and other pieces of metal that you may or may not need, and who knows whether you're going to use them or not. Yeah, and so just one last super quick point is I, as someone who thinks about the way we interact with users and and with audiences, it felt like there were conventions that were being held to and other conventions that weren't. Yeah. And so I, when I brought up audience way at the beginning, I was thinking, like, am I supposed to be someone who knows all these things already mm-hmm. because I've played other games like this? Yeah. Um, it's, you know, in a game that I'm otherwise really enjoying, it's just a, a thing that keeps niggling at me because I don't understand why you would make those choices. Let it niggle at you and finish the game. That's okay. what I would say. <laughs> okay. Yeah. God um, has a plan for but you, so, I. I will accept yeah. that answer, but I don't think it's a great answer. No, it's not. It's not. It's not a great answer, um, particularly in a world where probably ninety-five percent of you of gamers don't finish the games that they. Yeah, you know. But this game wasn't made for those people, and it doesn't they, care. Absolutely, like, right. that, that's the impression yeah. I get. No, but yeah. see, this is my so, point. I think I would believe that if it were consistently doing that across yeah. its landscape. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it were doing that in every area, I would be fine with it. But. Basically, what it was saying to me is there are some very specific things that we're not going to explain at all, and there are some other things that are that are conventional that we're going to do that we accept, and there are things we're going to explain, and even things that 
uh, what felt like an afterthought. Explaining the chip system felt to me like they did some user testing and somebody was like, man, I don't understand the chip system. You need to have one of the characters explain it. But they didn't happen to do user testing on this other thing right. where they said, where someone goes, I don't understand this. Sure. So it was literally like they yeah, were yeah. tacking on bits yeah. of... Yeah. For me as a designer, right. that's problematic it, regardless probably, of how the game plays You're probably right. That, yeah. that is exactly how they landed on doing those things. But I think the reason I think the reason why a lot of those things exist in the first place. Because truthfully, this game doesn't need it doesn't need the fusion system. It doesn't even really need mm-hmm. the large amount of weapons or the crafting that exists either. It really like you could like so in Bayonetta, yeah. there's lots of different fighting styles and there's lots of different weapons, but there's only one version of each of the weapons. Like there's no like there's no reason to have like, oh a million different oh well I guess there's I guess there's there are different ones, but there's no reason to have like. But there's only so much that it adds to have that extra level of complexity. Yeah. Right, and and for this game and what it's trying to do and and tell, it doesn't necessarily need all that. Yeah. So, why is that there? And it's there for a reason. But okay. it's implemented poorly because they made poor decisions. Yeah. Because right. it's so, frustrating. And that's fair. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't think it takes anything yeah. away from the joy of yeah. Of being in the game, well, so, I just think it, it adds things that that cause problems. That that yeah, I, I wish they I had. agree. I bring, think bring the, bringing this back to anime. Yeah, um, my favorite anime movies are often the weirder ones, and I mean most of the Miyazaki ones are like this. You're carried along on this narrative that you truly don't understand big pieces of it, but it feels uh, you, you you feel like you're in it, right? Is that a Japanese thing? Is that a... It, it, because this this game felt like that in a lot of places. I So many places I was like, I have no idea what the hell is going on, but I feel pulled along in this this story. Uh, it feels bigger than you. It feels yeah. way bigger yeah. than me, and, and um, Akira is that way. I mean, what the hell is going on when he starts bubbling yeah, yeah. out of, and, yeah. and becoming this thing? But you're still like I'm along for the ride. Yeah. I am I am 100% in this no matter how weird it is and how how non-traditional, non-western of a narrative this is. Um I I felt a lot of places in this this game like that like I get what they're saying and I get the tension between life and unlife and android life and I see where that is in all these little bitty places like the fish. I see what they're doing with the those sort of sentience and humanity that the machines are kind of hinting at and gaining. Um, but there were all these other places like this, and I wonder if we're coming at it from a Western perspective that just misses things. I, I often wonder that with Miyazaki movies, for example. What what am I bringing to this culturally, or what am I not bringing to this culturally that's that's making me miss yeah. pieces? Yeah, and I think, and I'm totally with you on that. And that having, but I feel like that's different than than that. Yeah, yeah. no, because I what made. you're saying, and I I've sort of my the anime child in me has grown in the last year in a way that's great and so I've watched a ton more than I had in the past and I love that that there are things that just start happening in anime Mm -hmm. that I have to follow along in a different storytelling pattern than I'm used to so I'm with you on that and I actually love some of the elements of that that are happening so yeah so I'd love to separate that which I think if they had committed to that whole full on and just been like you know what we don't care it's it's the weird compromise particularly in terms of both UI which is something I, I think I pay a lot of, I kind of pay a lot of attention to, but UI and also mechanics, which are which I think I would separate from 
And so having a weird compromise with those about what are we going to give a player and what are we not going to give a player, yeah. that's the th- I, part that I, so, that I... Yeah, anyway, we don't have to go on. Well, on no, about we, it, we don't, but I, just to put like a, like a cap on it, yeah. I guess. I think what happened was um, a, lot of those, a lot of those things that they were giving to a player, if I had to guess... They those didn't exist to begin with. Yeah, that feels right. And they chose like you know what it needs. It needs this to fit these other themes that we're going for. So let's add these in. And then b- because they didn't start with it there, then they started to realize oh we need to have an explanation for these yeah. things. But you're right. Like they didn't do it for for everything, and yeah. so it wasn't consistent. Well, and I should say, I mean, yeah. part of what the brilliancy of it, if you, if it were done sort of perfectly, which is what I want every game to do, right? right? <laughs> I want all the games I play to be perfect. The they each of those mechanics is actually a chip that right. you can load, which I I found fascinating, mm-hmm. right? So Everything. you've got like you go down through the list of things your Android has in, in, equipped, and they're like. Mini map, you know, yeah. like so that all that so that's cool, right? The yeah. idea that and if you, you want, you can unequip it to make room for like an, yes, an attack boost. You can unequip, whatever. you know, seeing how much experience you have. You can unequip seeing how much damage you've done to or another. Or where the fishing spots are. Where the right? Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna go back and play only. Fishing it was five thousand gold, so it was a little. I, I but, first thing I bought in the game. Uh-huh, fishing nice. spots. Fishing yeah. spot notes. But so so I love that. It's yeah. just it's the failure in the implementation right. that I think was was problematic. Um, just one last thing I'm curious about. I know we're probably running late, but um, we can, have a lot to talk about. With we, this game, well, so. I'd also like to, and this is me not knowing the conventions of the genre. I've only seen stills and video of, of Bayonetta, but there was a part of me, which let's call the the feminist in me, that was spending an entire game basically looking at the, or at least the first up to the first ending, looking at this sort of thin, super attractive Looking up the skirt. Woman whose, up whose skirt, every time I jumped, it was the same combination, which right. I didn't practice it. But <laughs> <laughs> if you do jump evade, it basically showed her underwear every single time. And her underwear. Her underwear. Um, there were air quotes Yes, there, there are many um, air quotes. I, I'd just like to talk about that a little bit because it, there was a part of me that was sort of the processing. The very, very first scene yeah. is... Looking up her leg, yeah. and almost a crotch shot, except her, yeah. her, her sturdy thing, yeah. flips and just, over. just even just running in the game, yeah. like the perspective is such that you just see it's yeah. booty. ass, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's the booty. yeah, and and obviously, I mean, you guys know me. I, I'm not, it's not a sort of prude issue. It's it's mm-hmm. just sort of right. confronting why have a char- having a character like that and what that means about how you're representing success, and, right? What I mean, it means to be the sort of optimal. Android. Even just like uh, certainly the the, the uh, sexual sexualizing of it, but the choice to dress them that way, like who made that choice in the year fifty three thousand? I mean f- five thousand three hundred and twenty six or whatever year it was. Like where does where does that sort of it's sort of a a goth pirate costume without any <laughs> bottoms, uh, like. That was that was again one of those weird yeah. unplugged things and I that I chalked up to being just another weird unplugged things that typically yeah. happens in an anime. Yeah. So it's interesting to me. So I think that clearly, like these androids were designed to be like perfect in some way, mm-hmm. right? And so part of that is being attractive. Physically, to yeah. It's also interesting to me that they're all white. Yeah. 
I, what, all of them? Not yeah. all the androids, just the, the sort of military. The, yeah. the, like, like, the yeah. ruling class in yeah, some ways, absolutely. right? Yeah, because the village has some mm-hmm. some brown-skinned people, mm-hmm. or let's call them people. They're alive. They are people. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't pointing it. It's just because yeah, yeah. earlier <laughs> yeah, you yeah, said yeah, yeah. the idea of life. Right, that right, felt right. weird. Sorry, no, it's fine. Um, um, but no, I, I. so I don't think we have to take on the convention of making you know, underwear visible in anime. And I'm not trying to do that. I just, I'm just expressing that I felt, mm-hmm. I was just I'm not sure discomfort is the right word. It just, yeah. it was something that I thought was worth talking about a little because totally, it does express a particular view of both perfection, but also a view of, of, of a gaming audience mm-hmm. that needs that to make the experience well, complete or satisfying. You're, you're playing a feminine, you're, you're playing a, a hero, a, a, fem, a female, Hero character, yeah, all those words together. <laughs> um that that you are playing as a strong feminine archetype, and yet she's a really weird, partially hypersexualized archetype. And it's yeah. interesting though because the androids. So, and this is sort of uh, going back to like sort of the machines and the androids. So, the androids do seem very like in how they interact with each other mostly just like asexual with some exceptions so there's like ao who messages you about how she's like crying about this other android she had a crush on which is weird because that's just a one-off thing yeah um but then like the robots like there's the scene where in trying to sort of gain like figure out what it means to like exist and be human you walk into this giant like orgy yeah right well it was some of them were having sex and some of them were being babies, babies and, and some yeah. of them and so were, were being, being babies yeah. looked yeah. like they were being drunk maybe yeah, yeah like it was just drunk. this huge just like it was very strange right. but it's interesting that and in, in how like walking into that scene at least like in 2B and 9S were just like I don't understand yes. this like they didn't even see well, that, that as so human behavior they, I don't they, feel like right. I mean I, I think they that, saw malfunctioning yeah that hints at a lot about what it means to to be alive like they're they are trying to mimic life mm-hmm. and part of that part of that yes is being a baby and part of that is being a parent but part of that is also just having weird sex <laughs> right in the middle of everybody <laughs> yeah and, and and part of it is stumbling around being drunk like i thought it was a brilliant scene yeah, yeah it, it was in, actually, in an it was really, in a yeah. movie uh, a theatrical yeah. kind of way and then right was. after that you have like the birth of adam right because yeah, right, that's right, where right. I, where who has no genitals and yes. who is right. also and is a machine. Uh, right white yeah. and it yeah. is not an android yeah. also but air it, i also think that goes back to like sort of another aspect of the sort of problematic view right because it's another sort of androgynous hermaphrodite yeah. villain mm-hmm. um, that's that's sort of you know you compare them to Satan there's like other things you yeah. know media that, that popularly sort of use that same archetype and it's like okay this is bad yeah. so the hyper sexualized beautiful hero is going to go vanquish the ambiguity mm-hmm. out of this whole situation which yeah. seems, mm-hmm. seems problematic in some ways no absolutely uh, and that's yeah I mean that's part of the my dilemma with with that kind of experience is it, that I'm enjoying it, yeah. But I'm also trying to, like, yeah. To and that might be a, more addressed, like in the broader scope of the game. We're like, you know, the first. Just finish the game, right? Yeah. You. <laughs> Slackers. Yeah, that would be crazy, though, right? If we yeah. get to the end of like every question we've had today, I'm like, <laughs> oh, they did it. So, oh, yeah. yeah. That's, like, that's sort of why I like, want to come back in six months, and we're just like, whoa, like there's an android comes down from Mount, you know. 
the mountain with these two tablets and is like, here's everything you need to know. Well, I think, there, no, I think a lot of it is just, you know, it was made in Japan and that's yeah. a different culture. Mm-hmm. So and it's, it's very much like the default, like for a, no, that in itself is right. fascinating to me that the, the, our different perspective our, and perception rather of uh, our different perception as Westerners uh, on this, uh, Japanese centric product. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just wonder yeah. where, I wonder how much of what we don't get is purely cultural. Yeah. Right. And cause I do think like, yeah, there's, there's all that stuff and that, and that culturally it's fine to take issue with. Um, but also, and I think we've, we've mentioned it a little bit. Um, but it is worth pointing out again that to be is a great character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like she is, she is the sort of, uh, person, uh, yeah, person that uh, like she has her mission and she knows and mm-hmm. she's doing it because she has in mind the greater good and she knows that her, doing her part, if everybody else also does their part, we're going to get through this and we're going to complete our part. Yes, for the glory of mankind. And there's some interesting side quests where she's having to wrestle with the idea of like these deserters and stuff. Yeah. Like there's um, and stuff like that and it's a matter of like of like and and, and it's interesting in those situations I don't really know how Tubi would respond and you have options, right? Right, Like you can either um, well the interesting thing is like there was this one particular quest where you had to find this deserter and you find him he's not very hard to find. And um, (laughs) and your options are, um, I, can't, I think it was, I can't remember actually, and this is sort of, bad. It, it was either let him go and leave or turn him in, leave. And you cannot complete the quest unless you pick that top option. So that's, that's mm-hmm. that sort of speaks to sort of the linearity and the fact that Tubi is this character and isn't really, mm-hmm. you know. Right, and and the fact that they are, mich- they're, they're androids, yeah. so they are uh, designed beings, I guess. Um, so why should it be that that it, that there is a concept of honor, or that there is a concept of of um, you know mission driven purpose? Like why don't the, why don't they all act that way? And why why is why does she end up in that situation and then have a choice? Why doesn't when an android deserts, why don't they just deactivate it? Like all those things are like yeah really really fascinating things. And but given that just Taking it as given that the world does exist that way, yeah. To be is the sort of person that chooses to mm-hmm. be that way, and that's really cool. It, it, yeah, you're, getting, you're getting into uh, Blade Runner territory yeah. now mm-hmm. too, which I right. love. Yeah, yeah, and, and I just you know, for me, it's just an interesting question, particularly because I think two or three weeks ago I read an article, and this South Korea and Japan are different places, but I think they share a little bit in this regard. So there's there's a lot of serious issues with kind of feminism and gaming in South Korea, for instance, right? I mean, and and sort of Mm -hmm. vicious responses to anything that's perceived as feminism in that that country. And and I think there's a broader issue with with issues about how women are treated in the, both in the gaming industry, both and as gamers. And, and so I'm not trying to cover all that with this, but the place where that expressed itself for me in this game was in the way that to be was physically Mm -hmm. constructed. And so I, that's all I really wanted to kind of get at. And, and um, you know, I think it's worth interrogating that even though it's we can sort of say, oh, it's a different culture, that's how it, it is. That doesn't mean we can't sort of also say, right. 
why is it this way and what does that mean for people who are playing and for how people treat that representation that's that's the bit i was just and, getting at and so what does it what does it mean for our from a, a western perspective where we do immediately notice that what does it mean for us as we play the game uh, where 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 we fit into that so one interesting theme and this is a little bit uh pivoting um that is also like more increasingly addressed over the course of at least the first playthrough is creation, like the creator, mm. right? Yeah. So we've been talking about these androids who are created by humans and these machines who are created by aliens. And there's in some way there's like different responses to their creators. So the androids sort of revere humans as yeah. their entire purpose is to preserve humanity. Like their motto is for the glory of mankind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you have the machines who eventually becomes revealed that uh, these particular machines, um, Adam and Eve, um, or really just Adam at that point, um, killed all of their masters and are, you know, sort of coming on their own. Um, and then you uh, later on, you also see that the the more slightly more primitive machines also form like a giant cult, like a giant death cult. Yeah. And there's all these issues of how to, you know, deal with having this creator and having the creator be like a distinct presence, which is really interesting. Um, and it's something that's always sort of in the background, I feel like. Um, and I'm sure is a much bigger part of the broader narrative. Like I know, like I'm ready for there to be a lot more of that that comes into play. Um, but do you guys have any thoughts about like that element of it? And because there's because you there's obvious like imagery like there's Adam who gets stabbed and then <laughs> out of his rib yeah. cage comes Eve, right. right? And then they become villains immediately after that. Mm -hmm. I, I, but hold on, go ahead. Well. So yeah, you go ahead. Okay, <laughs> it's, it's not that Wait. they become. It's not that they become villains. They just become the heroes of the other side. Okay, yeah, that's that's so, definitely fair. Because yeah. they're, you have two designed life forms, that um, I guess you could argue like are not really living, and they're trying to prove to the universe, I guess, that they that they are real and that they exist and they that they are living. Real quick, in, in I would like to say that Adam and right. Eve bleed. Whereas 9S and 2B right. do not. Mm -hmm. That's a really interesting thing to me. Yeah. Yeah. But, but continue. But yeah, so they like they so they're very hostile towards you and you are very hostile towards them. But essentially, like that that's just because you're trying to kill them. Mm -hmm. You're trying to literally wipe them out. Which yeah. is the case on almost every like robots that fight you. It's not because they are yeah. evil it's because they are scared of you and yeah. know that if they if you see the, them right. they will kill them I will say too yeah. um, that when Adam first emerged I, did, I had this fleeting moment so he first emerges and he walks slowly toward you and he's not doesn't have a sort of you know not, in other games you get like a red you get a red indicator or a white indicator red means you should kill this thing and he doesn't have an in, there's no indication of what's happening mm -hmm. except that I thought Conventionally, this is a boss fight, so I guess I should just I should get ahead of the game and just start shooting at. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't feel like it was a boss fight until it was a boss. Me either. Fight. No. So I, but so yeah, let me. Yeah. So the but I shot him a little bit, and then there's this thing where he goes, "Oh, why are you attacking me?" Mm -hmm. And then I thought, "Oh crap! Was there an opportunity here 
to not fight him. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, it's too late. The interesting thing that happens, because I did the same thing, sort of. I actually didn't. Like, when he, because when he first shows up, he just walks around until you yeah. start attacking him. But 9S eggs you on. Mm-hmm. He's oh, just like... Into, yeah. I, and I think See, you have to. I was egged yeah. on by my own fear <laughs> of dying. I was like, well, if I start shooting him from here, I can really, you know... That's when I realized mm-hmm. he was leveling up. and it's Sort of like he told Tanner to kill the, the tank with the, yeah. the yeah. nice machines on it. 9S is the real villain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the So the game, I feel like, has a lot to say about like what it means to be living... And this, it sort of posits like different things. And I think it's probably more an aggregate of these things together make humanity. But they, they bring up conflict a lot. And they bring up purpose a lot. They bring up memories a lot. And death and suicide get talked about like a lot as if it's like a, yeah. a meaningful thing. Um, and then also this idea of connection and loneliness. So all the machines... Are connected together. The network, right? Yeah, they have they have a network, but the I don't believe the androids are. The androids all are uh, sending each other emails. Yeah, they can send. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah they so can cool. reach out to each other <laughs> yeah. and talk that way. But yeah. the machines have a different mm-hmm. sort of way. It's it's a uh, like in the DC universe, the machines are like the Martians and. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so on that note, there's this really beautiful moment that is just like really like this is and, and it took me a lot longer to fall in love with the game than I think most people because I was just like trying so hard to get it and I just did not understand. I, yeah. I just couldn't form any sort of picture of what was going on. I was that way. Um towards the end of <laughs> the it was towards the end of the first playthrough that I was like, oh, okay. And then I immediately wanted to start again to experience everything. Um but at the very end of the first playthrough, um Eve is essentially trying to get revenge on you for killing Adam. And the last thing he says before he dies, he's just like, my brother, my brother, my brother dies. And then you start the second playthrough, and it's black. And then you hear, like, one of the little machines going, like, brother. It's, like, the exact same, like, call. And he's just, like, rocking this, like, machine corpse, like, trying to get him to, like, wake Mm. up. And then there's you actually play as the little machine trying to get his brother to wake up is dead. And that moment right there was when I really was just like, my mind was just like reeling and I was like, now I see everything. Mm. So, and I said all that to sort of say, to like bring together those themes, like and how, what makes this game really awesome to me is that it's such a slow burn. And then there's just that moment of feeling like, like you really want to know more so that's one thing about this game that I really liked overall so I just wanted to share that thing yeah if you hadn't seen that part of the game when you get like it, I don't think that spoiled like the impact of it at all so. that's literally the first fifth of the game <laughs> 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 well, maybe with with that nice little tidy summary yeah we're at a point where yeah we should all do that yeah <laughs> I guess that, there's my final thoughts <laughs> I guess it seems so my perfect many many as thoughts that. So, I don't know. Tim. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, a lot of what Olivia said, I had some spoilers uh, because she started playing it before I did. And we were sitting next to bit. each other. <laughs> um, so, there was a little bit less of a sense of discovery for, like, the cyclical nature of it. I knew that was, was going to be a thing going into it. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to playing it more. Uh, I'm probably about three quarters of the way through the first first uh, section of the game. So So, yeah. 
I already talked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, for all kinds of reasons, like it wouldn't play on this laptop, Mm -hmm. and I had to borrow the disc. I had some technical difficulties, too. Yeah, I I had to borrow the the PS4 disc from Robbie, who very graciously uh, let me borrow it. Um, And then it took me a long time to get around to actually playing it. And I'm just not a, a, a console-y player. I like being on the laptop or a desktop playing more. Um, all of those are excuses to say that I, I didn't play it nearly as much as I want to. Um, and I hope that I can keep playing it, Robbie, uh, <laughs> yeah. for a while. <laughs> um, but I, I was, uh, on two sides, blown away by confusion. Like, not really not knowing what the hell was going on through most of it. But loving being along for the ride of that confusion. So it was this wonderful mixed bag of, of like, I don't know what I'm doing, but it sure feels good. Uh, so yeah, that's that's so far that's my takeaway, and and I feel all of those life and sentience and existential, meaningful existential questions already in the very very first beginning of the game, and I know they're going to get even deeper as I go along. So I'm looking forward to that. Nice, um, yeah. I I think it's been I've made this clear already, but so. There were a few UI and mechanical issues and that I found problematic. There was also, somebody mentioned a little bit, there's a little bit of control glitchiness that I found where I got mm. trapped in places or where my sidekick got trapped. Those little side bits I wish were refined and, and fixed. But the core of the game, and this is unusual for me to say for a game like this, but the I actually found a real joy in the fighting that I was surprised by. Um, and so I, while the, I love the storytelling and I found the overall world building beautiful and fascinating, I've had other experiences like that. I have had very few experiences where a game made me want to just fight more. And this game definitely made me want to fight more. And so I, I, my real applause is for the kind of way they developed a complex, nuanced mechanical system just for the fighting. Um, that's probably my bit. I mean, I like the game. Uh, there's a lot of weird incongruous things that just seem to melt away just in the face of the story mm-hmm. and the mechanics and uh, it's great it's worth playing mm-hmm. alright so uh, that wraps up maybe part one of Nier Automata <laughs> we may come back uh, but next month we're going to be playing a game called the Norwood Suite uh, developed by Cosmo D um, it is a strange quirky uh short game it's probably uh the portion of i i've played already i played it before it was finished maybe two and a half hours so maybe around three-ish hours it's pretty short um but we're gonna gonna give that a look for next time awesome all right well thanks for listening uh and be sure to to check out previous episodes or play along for the future uh, and, you know, stick with us. And if you played along with this one with Nier Automata, or even if you go back and play through any of our previous months, please feel free to comment in uh, on our webpage at uh, littlerockgames.com. Uh, talk to us on Twitter, Facebook, all of those places. We'd love to hear your take on all these games that we're playing. Send us an email at playlittlerockgames at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And until next week, Robbie, you want to sign us off? For the glory of mankind. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We'll see you next month.